0: Hi, and welcome to Talk of the Town, After Hours. I'm Grace Fairchild for WBBR News, and this episode contains reports that were heard live on air during our August 14th show on 93.5. You'll hear about the Saturday earthquake in Haiti, the IPCC climate report, and an editorial wrap-up on the departure of the New York governor. First, let's go to Jackie Torres to understand the current crises in Haiti.
1: On the morning of Saturday, August 14th, a record 7.2-magnitude earthquake hit Haiti. The record earthquake occurred along the same system of faults with nearly two times the energy as a devastating earthquake that shook the country in 2010. Haiti's Civil Protection Agency initially reported 29 deaths. The island's new Prime Minister, Ariel Henry, has declared a one-month state of emergency. In addition, President Joe Biden authorized U.S. aid in response to the quake on Saturday. This earthquake comes at a time where the nation is already facing numerous compounding crises, including the assassination of President Jovenel Moïse in July, on top of a healthcare system that has continued to be overwhelmed by the COVID-19 pandemic. Over a decade later, Haiti remains traumatized by the 2010 earthquake that left 200,000 dead and over 1.5 million people displaced. Early this week, Tropical Storm Grace is expected to pass near the island. Though Haiti may not be at the center of the storm, enough rain may significantly increase the occurrence of mudslides. For WVBR News, I'm Jackie Torres.
0: Thanks, Jackie. Next, I'm handing it over to Izzy Ferbata, and she'll help us understand the most recent climate report from the IPCC.
2: This past Sunday, on August 8th, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC, released its sixth major assessment report. The IPCC describes the report, assembled by hundreds of scientists and based on over 14,000 studies, as a compendium of the most up-to-date physical understanding of the climate system and climate change. The last major report was published in 2014, so what's changed since then? The IPCC has frequently been described as overly conservative by unassociated climate scientists and even its own former co-chair, John Houghton. However, the language used in the 2021 report pulls no punches. Many dire consequences of climate change, like rising sea levels and more deadly wildfires, are described as extremely likely or high-confidence events. Per the report, it is all but inevitable that the world will surpass the 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming benchmark set by the 2015 Paris Climate Agreement. With this, incidences of extreme weather will increase significantly over the course of the next 20 to 30 years. As we approach 2 degrees Celsius of warming, once in a decade heat waves will begin occurring twice or even three times per decade. We can expect to see water shortages, extinctions of various species of plants and animals, and even some coastal areas becoming uninhabitable. However, the report is not all doom and gloom. Proposed ultra-catastrophic events like the slowdown and collapse of an important Atlantic current system that helps stabilize Europe's climate have a low likelihood of occurring this century. The IPCC described several possible scenarios for the future of the global climate. The plan that is most in line with current policies and commitments suggests that many of the most disastrous and life-threatening changes can be averted. The report's more optimistic scenarios show the world reaching net zero carbon emissions by 2075, which would keep temperatures from rising above 2 degrees Celsius. Such dramatic change would have to include rapid and significant declines in carbon pollution and even active removal of carbon from the atmosphere. But with most countries, including the United States and China, having made plans to reach carbon neutrality by 2050 or 2060, these scenarios are not completely unthinkable. In a statement, New York State Assembly member Anna Kellis summed up the urgency of the climate situation by saying that the IPCC report is an emergency wake-up call for everyone who calls planet Earth home. She continued by emphasizing that not only do we need to rapidly reverse our upward-trending energy consumption and greenhouse gas emissions, but we need to revise our concept of prosperity from consumerism to preservation if we are going to make the type of pivotal change that will be necessary for humanity to survive. As the IPCC is poised to release follow-up reports in 2022 containing detailed strategies for putting a stop to global warming, we will hopefully have the guidance and foresight to make these necessary changes. This has been Izzy Ferbata for WVBR News.
0: I did a live report on the Cuomo investigation. On the August 7th show on 93.5, I did a breakdown of the Attorney General report that came out on August 3rd regarding sexual harassment allegations against Governor Andrew Cuomo and talked to Dr. Anna Kellis about the impending investigation and impeachment from the State Assembly. During that show, I even said something pretty confident like, the governor shows no sign of resigning his power. So naturally, Cuomo gave New York his two weeks on August 10th. Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul will assume office on August 24th and will be the first woman to be governor in New York State. While my little he-won't-resign comment is a good reminder to me to not offer predictions, I think it also speaks to Governor Cuomo's demeanor maintained through the whole ordeal. He might have resigned, but his press conferences have not reflected remorse. When reports surfaced back in March, he gave a press conference in which he stated, quote, he never touched anyone inappropriately. End quote. According to the AG's report, this claim in particular spurred two more women to come forward to investigators with claims against the governor that he did, in fact, touch them inappropriately. Then, when the report was released on August 3rd, his office released an 85 page response that was mostly pictures of him, his father, and other politicians hugging constituents and kissing them on the cheek as if to say, How come George W. Bush can hug hurricane survivors, but I can't touch my assistants on their lower back? As compelling as the picture book argument might have been initially to the Cuomo team, it truly paled in response to the outside investigation, reporting 11 victims and 36 different credible instances of sexual harassment. His tone did not shift during the Tuesday, August 10th press conference, in which he said things like,
3: I said on national TV, To a doctor wearing PPE and giving me a COVID nasal swab, you make that gown look good. I was joking. Obviously, otherwise I wouldn't have said it on national TV.
0: And then later?
3: My sense of humor can be insensitive and off-putting. I do hug and kiss people casually, women and men. I have done it all my life. It's who I've been since I can remember. In my mind, I've never crossed the line with anyone. But I didn't realize the extent to which the line has been redrawn.
0: It's hard to take apologies seriously when they are immediately followed by complaints about political bias.
3: But I want to thank the women who came forward with sincere complaints. It's not easy to step forward, but you did an important service. And you taught me and you taught others an important lesson. Personal boundaries must be expanded and must be protected. I accept full responsibility. Part of being New York tough is being New York smart. New York smart tells us that this situation and moment are not about the facts, it's not about the truth, it's not about thoughtful analysis, it's not about how do we make the system better. This is about politics and our political system today is too often driven by the extremes. Rashness has replaced reasonableness.
0: Even beyond the credible claims of sexual harassment, Assemblymember Kellis reminded
4: me last week that the governor has additional legal problems to resolve. People need to also remember that the investigation includes um, in the use of government's personnel and state funds for uh, the private book deal. And also, the, the claim of uh, a charge of falsification of data, uh, nursing home data. And then the, the last one being um, the contracts uh, and potential ethics uh, and uh, illegal actions with respect to the contracts for the construction of the Mario Cuomo Bridge. Those are four very disparate charges. And my statements were not based solely on the charges of sexual assault and harassment, but the fact that there was uh, there were so many charges with already um, so much evidence, uh, as well as um, you know uh, recognition and, and uh, statements made by staff themselves to the validity of some of the charges.
0: Andrew Cuomo has been exhibiting this conduct for years. On the same morning that Cuomo offered his resignation the New Yorker's Ronan Farrow published an article detailing how the governor called President Obama in 2014 when he was being investigated by the district attorney for the Southern District of New York, and he demanded that the White House use their political pressure to end DOJ's investigation into corruption in Albany, which seemed less like New York tough and more like New York strong-arming. Nevertheless, Anna Kellis reminded me last week that
4: Despite it being frustrating and confusing and stressful for everyone, we need to remember um, that there are many good people who have um, held this state together through this crisis. It was not held together exclusively by one person. And regardless of the outcome, the state, the state will be in good hands. The state will be in good hands. I truly believe that. For sure. The state will be
0: in new hands on August 24th when Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul takes over. She'll be the first female governor in New York State, taking over for a man who sexually harassed 11 women. I think there's some amount of irony there. That'll do it for this episode of After Hours. A huge thanks to Jackie Torres and Izzy Fribata this week for their coverage of Haiti and the IPCC report. Additionally, thanks to Assemblymember Anna Kellis for chatting with me a few weeks ago about the State Assembly's role in Cuomo investigations. This show is a production of WBBR News, and you can hear more news live on air on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on 93.5 FM in Ithaca and the surrounding area, Or you can stream the show on wvbr.com and the TuneIn app. On social media, you'll find us at WVBRFM News on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm Grace Fairchild for WVBR News. Thanks for listening to After Hours.